I'm with us as well. Hey, so. brother. Hello, Mike. How are you guys today? Good. Hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, just uh, we figured it was about time we took a shot at Sue again. It's been a couple of weeks since I've pounded on him, so they're way overdue. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We all need, we need to do it. We need to do it probably twice or three times a day. Thank you for doing it. Listen, I told Michael I just put the Sua Sucks sticker on my Jeep. Uh, Guy who listens to the show sent me about seven or eight of them, so I just threw it. It's been on my side-by-side for a long time, but I thought it needed more exposure than just on the trail, so (laughs) it's on my Jeep now. I got a box of them somewhere. We should just give them away to your listeners. You got an extra one. Give it to Mike. Mike sees me quite often. One or two I'd like to have one. I'd like to give one to Leland Paula. Oh, we'll, we can get you I, some. I got we some, Mark. Proudly. I'll give them to you, buddy. I got a bunch. Yep. Well, listen, this will air Saturday morning, um, and uh, this will be our first segment of the show, so it'll be right at 8 a.m. on 97.5 The Zone, the Jazz uh, FM station. Right. So uh, any references to today or whatever will all be in the context of Saturday as far as the listener is concerned, Okay. Good, you bet. All right, uh, you should be able to hear us. Uh, you'll hear the music. We'll, well, I'll do the welcome to the show, introduce Michael, and then we'll bring, we'll bring you right in. Okay, thank you. Okay, here we go. And it has rolled around once again. Welcome in on this Saturday morning inside the outdoors. Nice to have you aboard. Tell you what, it is uh, it is great to be here this week. Been an interesting week to say the least. Uh, don't know if you had a chance to get out and sample our triple digits one more time, or maybe it's our monsoonal moisture that has greeted you with your outdoor activities this week. Uh, take your pick, because we've had it all. Just an opportunity, I guess, to sample Utah's July and slash early August weather. Uh, again, great to be here, and even more fun for me today, because I've got my buddy Michael Swenson, who is sitting in with us as a uh, guest co-host, and I think we're going to do this on on a, on a more regular basis, Michael. So uh, the Svelte, by the way, Svelte Michael Swenson, wow. who has probably dropped, what, 60, wow. 70 pounds yeah, over the last I've year been, or so? Yeah, been hiking looking at trail cams. That's, Man, the, that's the trick. Tell you what, you are looking good, buddy. Thank you. That's uh, It shows some work. Yeah, it's, lots of blood, sweat, and tears, but it's worth it chasing <laughs> those balls, buddy. Yeah, I imagine. You know, for those of us who uh, have to sit and work for a living, uh, we have to think oh, about that. So. <laughs> ouch. Yeah, listen to you, Mr. Golf. <laughs> it's good to have you here, really, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about we today. Um, we spoke, you and I, off the air a couple of weeks ago when um, when it was announced that there was going to be a change in the hierarchy at the BLM, yeah. and a guy who moves into a key spot for us, yep. who you know very, very well. Indeed. And um, so we'll expand on that a little bit later, but also... We've got a situation where Sua continues to stick their nose in. No. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's, it's a shocker. But uh, they're doing it now down towards uh, Iron County and in and the Beaver Cedar County. and Beaver County in the Cedar City area uh, as they are getting involved again in things that it's not only that it doesn't concern them. It's the fact that they don't know what they're talking about, which has never stopped them in the past. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, that's actually been a prerequisite for their involvement in most things. But... Um, 
Now they're trying to stop uh, the possibility of a couple of ATV jamborees. This is jamboree time of year, and the folks in Beaver and Iron County would like to have something out in that desert, West Desert, for uh, Cedar City and, and the great country, the great riding out of Cedar City. And, of course— Oh, up above Beaver is unbelievable. Absolutely. So beautiful. And, and of course, if Sua, you know, is not involved in it directly, then they want to uh, they want to ruin it because— Unless you can put a 40-pound pack on your back, hike for 30 miles for five days in a row, you don't deserve to use the public lands that, oh, we pay taxes for. Not them, because yeah. you got to have a job. Yeah. To pay. You don't pay a lot of tax yeah. when you live in the basement of your folks' house. you yeah, know. Yep, um, yep. But those of us who actually work for a living yeah. and pay for these public lands, you're not supposed to use them. No, they're sacrosanct. Yeah, so, heaven forbid. Well, let's talk about what's going on there then. In fact, we've got our first guest who uh, is is directly involved with that. I always love to go to the source and talk to the poor people who have to deal with these idiots. Yeah, and um, and we've got one the front lines. Yeah, right? the, yeah. This is the these are the guys in the trenches that are really representing us as citizens uh, and trying to just to get a fair shake from these squeaky wheels with their Subarus and their bottled water and their sack lunches as they come into town and buy that 50 cents worth of gas. The $20 bill on which single pair of underwear and neither, cha- neither change either. That's exactly right. Right, right. Yeah, so, the old joke. But when you came on today, we talked about this before the uh, before yeah. the show, uh, earlier in the week, and then you said, what do we want to talk about? And I brought this up, and you yeah. said, "Let's listen, I know the guy to bring in to yeah. talk about this. Yeah, the Beaver County guys uh, are incredible. The commissioners in rural Utah, especially down there in Beaver County, they've been on the front lines with things like prairie dogs, wild horse and burrow, and, mm-hmm. and now they've got a five-year permit that the BLM has uh, issued to them, actually, for these three jamborees in, in any given year and sua has said hey this is nonsense you're going to be running over uh, you know cultural sites and we can get into the weeds on that if you'd like but uh, the guy that i thought we could ca- reach out to was a guy named mark whitney he's a beaver county commissioner we've got him on the phone with us now do you want to yeah, bring him into the conversation yeah mark let's uh, let's bring you in right now first of all thanks for doing the show welcome well good morning steve and good morning mike and back to your comments steve when i first saw Mike, this year, early on in the year at the legislative session, I had to also do a double take and say, wow, is that really Mike? Yeah. So, congratulations, Mike. I'll tell you what. Jeez, you I'm turning red. It's a lot easier I'm... taking care of those trail cams with losing 78 Yeah, pounds. it is. So, well, congratulations. Thank you. Well, he can ride an ATV now. He used to have be, he was, uh, ride, yeah, he, he was riding a side-by-side, oh. and he filled it. Now, oh, now, deep. now he can take a passenger <laughs> in that side-by-side with him. He All looks right. good. I can take a punch. I can take a punch. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Well, listen. But thanks for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. No, nah, we are glad to have you on. But, man, you guys have... Uh, absolutely had to deal with um i don't know what it's i can't say it on the air but we all know what we're talking about with mm-hmm. these people who apparently have no uh, concept of playing well with others in the sandbox it's it's like it's not even their sandbox they don't they didn't pay the admission fee to get into the sandbox but they want to control it well and and steve let's get to the integral parts of why these what I call eco-terrorist groups exist. Yep. And, uh, you know, it used to be they picked on mainly the Red Rock counties. Well, they spilled over into all the other counties. Anybody who's trying to do anything on public lands for the good of the people. And in rural Utah, let's face it, my county 
is 87% public lands. Wow. We've only got 13%. You take Garfield County, 97%, 3%. We've got to take advantage of what we do. And these ATV jamborees, this is only our second year. It's been phenomenal. The people that have come loves Beaver County. Now, they love Sevier County. They do it there. They love Iron County. But what happened? It's about the survival of these four 501c3 corporations. Remember, that's what they're set up for. And they're about the survival. What they do is they file frivolous lawsuits against small counties that they figure does not have the resources to get them. And all of them, they'll file on like 20 points in their lawsuit. All they've got to do is win one part of that. And guess who picks up the tab for the attorney's fees and all? On, on both judgment. sides. I want the people to understand that. It's called EJA. Equal Access to Justice Act, a great resource for the federal government. However, these groups have realized, and they've used it to their advantage to build their hierarchy. So it's about their survival. And what needs to be done to get rid of these groups is to reform Egypt so they can't sue. And that's what's happened here. Now they've come over and they're starting to pick on us. When they filed that suit against us, we said, you know what, we're not going to roll over Bring it on, buddy. We're going to take you because we're proud of our public lands. We're going to utilize these public lands. They're not only ours, but guess what, Steve, Mike, you guys would know it as well as I do. They belong to you guys as much on the Wasatch Front as us and clear across the nation. This is our playground. We're going to protect it for everybody. For again, think of what it's set up for, multiple use. Mark, we're, we're, we're so lucky to have commissioners like you guys out there fighting on the front lines for this. And, you know, you, you got to have a lot of intestinal fortitude to deal with this. Um, what we're dealing with, particularly in this issue, is the BLM has issued you the five-year permit, which we, we applaud. And, and there's uh, measures in that permit that allow BLM to protect cultural resources on a case-by-case basis. And uh, none of us none of us want to destroy the environment or harm our, our cultural history or heritage. Uh, there's not one person I've ever met that, that doesn't seem to care about that. But Sue, has gone in and said, look, we think this is inaccurate. We think that they're going to run over all sorts of cultural sites and BLM has failed to protect them. So they've filed an appeal with the IBLA. It's an administrative appeal, which is a precursor to a lawsuit. I, I dealt with it with USAL a number of times and, and citing that BLM has failed in this. Maybe maybe explain to us, Mark, what the jamboree is like, where, where you kind of the areas you like to go and really tell us about the, the numbers, the economic impact this has uh, to Beaver County. Well, again, we finally got on board because we realized through surveys that we was actually harboring a great resource and a great beauty to, to share with the rest of the, not only the state, but the world or the country. We got people from everywhere. So we decided to do our tourism and recreation director, Michelle Evans, who we hired to do this, has done a phenomenal job of uh, getting this going. And, and remember, here's the thing. The trail is on either Class C roads, which are graded county roads, or two-track trails that have been there for hundreds of years. These are not cultural sites that are going to be damaged. I don't know where they're coming up with this at, because these roads are traveled every day by vehicles, huge vehicles, all the time. A few ATVs are not going to do it. Again, they're using their bullying tactics to try to save their own, their own 
corporation and, and and their own livelihoods within it. They don't care who they step on. Uh, you're so you're, you're exactly brought, right. This has literally started to put Beaver County on the map because the diversity of Beaver County, you've got the Tusher Mountains on the east, and you've got the beautiful Wawas and the, and the Southwest Desert, Indian Peaks area, you know, a lot of heritage. And then also, so this jamboree not only deals with the east, or the east side of the beautiful 13,000-foot Tusher Mountains, clear out to the, what we call a high desert, out in out in the West Desert, West of Milford and Miners. You're right, Fo- and, folks. And, that, and also in the Middle Mountains too. So the folks that haven't been out on the Wawas, buddy, that's a neat place. They, I would encourage everybody to go experience the cool history and, and the beauty of the of the Wawas out there. And there is that San Francisco Range, and oh, yeah. also the Wawas. There is a lot of history and a lot of heritage there, and we just want to share that with the people. Sure. But the, on the other hand, we are not culturally destroying any of the heritage there. We're just sharing it. So, Mark, let me ask you: What? Take me through the protocols. What? Where does this go? They file the appeal. They want to. I mean, we know that their tactics are basically just just delay, delay, delay until finally um, you either run out of money or you give up from a philosophical standpoint. Um, where is it now? I, I assume that it's a relatively new appeal that they've filed, or or the uh, uh, the opposition because they've just been touting it in their brand new uh, press release for this past month. How old is the appeal or their their motion, and where does it go from here? Give me some kind of a timeline. And again, I'm not ex- exactly sure on that, but it's a, it's a, it's a few months old. They lost, they, they lost their initial case. That's why they appealed it again. you got to remember, the reason why is because they can't set precedence now of starting to lose these frivolous lawsuits. But they're not going to bully us, and we're not going to roll over on these, all they've got to do is one point. Win one point of that lawsuit they filed on, and they get their money, all their attorney fees, everything paid for. But guess what? They're not going to bully Beaver County, and we're not going to back down on behalf of the other 28 counties in this state. We're going to stand behind to protect not only our county's rights of these public lands, but every other one of the other 28 counties in this state. Because, and we'll push it as far as we have to go. Let them appeal. Let them appeal. Because guess what? We're not backing down. They're not bullying us on this one. I think you guys are going to prevail on this. This administrative appeal could take years. I know that many years in some cases, but no question. But we will. You'll, it's going to be expensive, yeah. but we're going to we're going to stand behind it on behalf of everybody else in the state of Utah, not only the state of Utah, but those around the country that love the Western United States and especially uh, Southern Utah. Well, Mark, we appreciate you being with us. Good luck to you. If there's anything we can do, obviously we will. And you know what? It's time for people who support you philosophically to support you by participating in the jamborees. And, and also, you know what? You get that spare coffee change out of your pocket. Take an opportunity and maybe cut a check for something like this because we are not the same kind of groups that SUA is. I get their press release on a monthly basis, and every every other line has got their red uh, font in there saying, please support us, please support us. You click on that, and it's the opportunity to donate. Uh, They will mine every financial resource they can, and they will do it with lies and deception. And we really need to start recognizing that money is going to be a huge player in this deal as we go forward. And, uh, And those of us who already pay the freight, we may as well 
well pay a little additional because we're going to be the targets of their uh, of their you know single use, not multiple use for public lands. And if we cut it off now, it's going to be a whole bunch easier than trying to do it down the line when they've got momentum. Well, can I add one thing to that, Steve? Exactly, Steve. And one one closing point from again from my from my perspective, and I want the listening audience to truly understand. Really, they not only use you and I, of course, we don't donate it, but they prey on the average public for their donation, but they also do the other side and milk the federal government out of the money for the frivolous lawsuits that we pay in hard-earned taxes that we make. That's got to be yeah. stopped through EJA. Yeah, I just want to say We that. need EJA reform. You're right. I would just say to the folks on the Wasatch Front, I've dealt with this for a long time, you know, it's easy to fill up your gas can and all your groceries and everything here in your little town and then drive down to Beaver, uh-huh. Utah and recreate and that's wonderful i'd encourage you to do that but if you could fill up your gas tank in beaver and yeah. buy some groceries in beaver and buy some dinner in beaver when you go there you're spending money in that local economy helps these commissioners fund their fight to keep that land open so you can keep going there so try to spend a little money in these communities where we're recreating if you could that's that makes a big difference yeah you're absolutely right Mike, we appreciate every dime that somebody got to remember. We got the best, we got the best cheese in the United States, and the best the water, water, and the best water, yeah. And there's all sorts, and we're proud of our beef in in, in Beaver County, also. So yeah. there's lots of things you can buy there, oh. and and your riding ain't bad either. Okay, so <laughs> absolutely right, you betcha. Mark. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. We sure appreciate hey, it. Love your show, Steve. Uh, Listen to it quite often. I appreciate it. Even though I'm down there, I still listen to it podcast-wise. And, uh, Mike, good talking to you again, my friend, and we'll talk to you both later. Thanks, Thanks for Mark. having me on. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. Best of luck to you. Boy, I tell you what, I, I don't envy, um, you know, the, those rural county commissioners their job. They have got to they have got to protect what they have and uh, and do it against a well-funded oh, uh, and, and, com- a corporate machine. and completely amoral as far as the approach that, uh, that they take. I think Sue has probably got some well-meaning people. Oh, sure okay? they do. I know but, a few of them. But, but they are – they're – tactics and their approach the facts don't get in the way uh, of their dubious. of their uh, of their approach at, at any length no, level it's completely true and let's look mark was right this is a they are a 501c quote unquote non-profit but this is a corporate machine this isn't a sweet you know uh, grassroots organization trust me you look at their financials you look at who's running that place this is a corporate machine and their interest isn't to resolve things it's to keep it going because that's what pays the bills yeah and the best thing that happened to them of course was the Bears ears now they've got another one by by the way if you saw and I know you did you saw their press release uh, now they're they're up in arms again about Bears ears and they're starting to work on trying to undo that they continue to do that and uh, and and again half truths lies things of that nature that they're going to use and can you believe so in their press release they're going after the BLM's move to Grand right. Junction they're going after Westerners from from rural Wyoming and rural Colorado now being in charge of, of the US Fish and Wildlife Service and now the Bureau of Land Management, and some, and and, and these are the the local, you know, grassroots guys. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they want they want the CEO of RAI, like when Sally Jewel, they loved her, you know, big corporate, but but rural guys that actually know what that they're live doing, there, that live there, that kind of have an understanding, and, and they go after them. Yeah. I mean, let's get real. Yeah, it is. It, it shows you that, I mean, those organizations, and they're not the only one, they're, but they're the most vocal that we see well, out especially here. Especially here in Utah, yeah. Yeah. SUA has found a toehold that they have now carved into an entire uh, 
cave for their operation. And it's going to continue, folks. And, of course, as we get closer to the 2020 election, um, they are really ramping things up. They you know, they were devastated uh, when they when they found out they lost and they had the Bears Ears and the Grand Staircase issues. Uh, but all that's done is give them a cause celeb as far as what they can now try and raise additional funds for that chicken little sky is falling approach has become even more effective for them because now they're pointing to what's going on. For the rest of us, we're just seeing, as you point out, that finally some people who live there and know the issues and deal with them as a resident, not as some kind of carpetbagger, that they have some say at the table again. And and that is total anathema as far as they're concerned. No, it's unbelievable. You know, but they'll never waste a good controversy. They'll, They'll stir it and turn it into money. Well, listen, what we're going to do is we are going to step aside. When we come back, we'll talk fishing in the next segment. George Summer and uh, and Gary Winterton will join us. And then in our third segment, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the change uh, at the top of the BLM because there's some things going on that we should be excited about that, uh, well, some sewer heads exploded when they heard some names. And that's always good news. Anytime you can cause consternation in that area of the uh, community, you know things are going well right. for the rest of us. Right. So we'll step aside. We'll be back in just a moment, and we'll bring George Summer in and Gary Winterton, and we'll figure out what the heck's going on on our waterways around the state. That's straight ahead, so stick around. Yeah, we got a little... uh patriotic music the month of july is over but doesn't mean our patriotism as i certainly hope welcome back everybody on this saturday morning inside the outdoors and uh, time to kind of pivot a little bit from our uh, public lands issues and let's talk a little bit now about some fishing so we bring in george summer who made his pilgrimage to fish lake for perch this past week and george i'm assuming that number one, you didn't have any trouble catching them, and number two, your eyes are probably crossed from all those little fillets you had to come up with over the last several days. Uh, that, that cannot be the easiest of to- of tasks to fillet those things out. No, and you know what? There was absolutely no trouble catching perch, <laughs> and no trouble finding perch. But the filleting part, yeah, my eyes got crossed when I was done. My fingers were sore from running the electric fillet knife, but. But, uh, yeah, it was easy to catch them. You know, perch, they're, they're so tasty. And Fish Lake's a hard place to beat to go catch perch. Any size to them at all, or were they all the real little ones? Uh, everything. I mean, when I caught them, I'm looking at them, man, I can fillet that. And I put them in the lab, I can fillet that. You know, and I kept doing that when I got them home. I'm like, man, these things are a lot smaller than they look. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I, saw, I saw some good, you know, fish, but... They weren't the ones I could hook. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we talk about the uh, thinning the population of perch there at Fish Lake, and it does need to be done. And that, that perch derby has certainly gone a long way to do it. But it takes a while when you're dealing with the numbers of perch that there have to be in that lake. No, there's there's got to be millions of them. Because I'd go along the weed edge over there off by Lakeside, and uh, um, I, I'd look down there and and go, oh, yeah, there's perch, and then I'd start catching perch, and I, I had, you know, I'm not real good at fishing with two rods at the same time, and I had a triple at one time, because um, I had two on, two on one outfit, and then another rod with a single, and I caught three fish, and it's like, and they were all just right under the boat. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things that 
again, I remember complaining about that at Deer Creek over the years. Back in the 60s and 70s, uh, we couldn't get through the perch to get down to anything else. And I just remember complaining about it. It's kind of like complaining about, you know, the the, uh, the warm weather and then winter rolls along and you go, man, what was I thinking? Complaining about those hot temperatures in July. Complaining about the number of small perch that we've all done in years past. And I'm just hoping that we don't get to a position where 15, 20 years down the road, we go, man, remember those days when you could catch 300 perch in an afternoon at Fish Lake? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we used to do that at Deer Creek. I take a, we take a burlap sack or yeah. a penny sack with us and, and, and we'd fill it up with perch and, and then we'd spend hours filleting them. But, uh, you know, and they were all, you know, seven to 12 inch perch. And they're not yet there yet at Fish Lake, but I filleted a bunch of little perch and, and with an electric fillet knife. It wasn't bad. Yeah, that might be the best way to do it, I think. Uh, it's hard with the small ones, although some of the new electric fillet knives that are out got those nice thin blades. Used to be, you, you basically, uh, you had the electric knife. It wasn't a fillet knife. It was just an electric knife with the serrated edge, and the blade wasn't uh, wasn't at all flexible. And, you know, trying to fillet a small fish with it, it was just a matter of hacking it to pieces. But now with the new fillet knives that are out, you've got those flexible blades on the electric knife. It makes life a whole bunch easier. It, it does, you know, and I can actually, I can, I can do a, a, a any kind of a fish in under a minute, uh, both sides, rip cage, uh, skin off, um, and sometimes even when I get going, I can do a fish in thirty seconds, and with an electric fillet knife, with a manual fillet knife, uh, it's not so much because I have to stop and sharpen them all the time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I kept 50 perch, and I went through those. It took me a little while to fillet them, but uh, I went through them, and, you know, and I caught a, uh, some trout, and I actually had a tiger muskie on, so... You know, it was a it was a great day. I can't complain. Well, it sounds like, and that's the beauty of it. We talked about it before the diversity. It sounds like you sampled a lot of the opportunities there at Fish Lake. Were there any any max being caught? I know it's the heat of the summer and everything else, but every once in a while, one of those max will show up this time of year. And I just wondered if you'd seen anything come out of there that was worth talking about. You know, I didn't see anything that came out of there worth talking about. Um, most of the fish, the, the max that I grabbed were 80 plus feet deep. And, uh, you know, I wasn't set up to fish for them. But, you know, I did see some splake shallow. Um, and, and I suspect once once we get closer to, you know, September, October, then the bigger max are going to show up. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be back at Fish Lake first October. Yeah, because there are some good fish in there. And those fish have been in there a long, long time. Uh, just as a kid, I remember it, it was, you know, before the gorge kind of came on for the max, but back in the in the early, early 60s, Fish Lake, you'd, you'd talk about it with great reverence, the way you do really with the gorge when talking about the Mackinac fishing there, and especially the old timers that used to use the paddle boards and, and hand line for them. And I know there's still some folks up there that think that's still the only way to fish for the max. Yeah, and, and you know when you see one of those old homemade um, paddle boards or, or hand lining outfits, it's pretty cool to, to see and to watch. And you know a lot of them have the, the they have as much in copper wire on <laughs> on some of their um, hand lines. Uh, you can spend a ton of money on lures and not come up with that copper wire. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, George, hey, thanks for the visit this morning. It's always good to talk to you. And I'm, I'm glad you got a little R&D in this week and, and actually came out with some some uh, decent eating because of it. It's great table fare when you, when you get those things finally filleted up. I'm sure you're going to enjoy or have already enjoyed the fish tacos. Oh, most certainly. Definitely. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Sounds good. Thanks, Steve. That's George Summer. And yes, there is the transition music. Opie himself is on the line. GW, Gary Winterton, Mr. Hooked on Utah. Gary, how you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic, Steve-O. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I'm excited about your show tonight because one of my favorite TV shows uh, on the air is Forged in Fire, the show where they have the competition between guys who make you know, primitive weapons. They make knives and swords and things of that nature uh, right there on the program. And you've got a story tonight on your program uh, that is right up that same alley. And uh, I can't wait. It's a local company or relatively local uh, that manufactures some amazing amazing Damascus steel hunting knives. And to me, uh, just the forging process is fascinating when you consider how old some of these techniques are, and we're still using them. Uh, and it, it just, I don't know, I'm excited to see the show tonight. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it was such a fun, fun day to go up to Idaho Falls to shank knives. And uh, Norm, uh, Norm Shank, who is the founder of the company, and then his son, Zane, who is now the president and CEO, operate one of the coolest businesses around. And, yeah, I consider them local. They're just a hop, skip, and a jump right up in Idaho Falls. And they produce the coolest knives I think I've ever seen. I mean, it, their stuff is just unreal. And so, so we had the chance to go up there, Steve, and if, if people don't know what a Damascus folded steel knife is, essentially, you know, way back when, when metals were not as pure as they are today, the way that they would refine them is they would gather up all the metal ore they could and just continue to fold it and fold it and fold it. And they would blend in different types of metals. And over folding it, you know, two, three, four, five hundred times, they would burn out all the impurities of the metal. But the byproduct was, you know, the metal had this incredible um, design to it once it had been polished over time, you know, and they'd worked on it. They would get these crazy designs. Well, now they've, they've mastered the art of Damascus folded steel knives where they can take various blends of metal. And when you see this on the show tonight, it's so fascinating. They'll take you know, 25 pieces of metal that might be, you know, one inch wide and a quarter inch thick and maybe 12 inches long, and they they tack weld them together, and then they tack weld them onto a big rod so they can go into the forge. They forge them up, bring them out, you know, pound them out, do this a bunch of times, then they put it on a machine that twists them like a pretzel and just twists it, you know, like uh, a chiro, you know, and just rolls it, rolls it, rolls it, and they pound it out. And what... What starts to come from this knife, and here's what's so cool about these guys, their, their artisans there do almost everything by hand. They do, they do some high-production knives, but everything else is, is of this old handcrafted style. And what you get, Steve, is mind-blowing designs. And they're doing some of the coolest things from hunting knives to flip-out knives to wedding knives and kitchen knives. They're selling knives to... To now they've become so popular, and people, a company barely, people barely know, but those who are in the know know they're making knives for these chefs all over the world with this Damascus folded steel that's just 
so crazy. Yeah, I know they're branding for they're making knives for other brands. People are putting their brands on them. They're that uh, that good and the high quality. And here it is, right here in Little Old Idaho Falls, just up the road from us. Yeah, if you go buy a high-end Damascus folded steel knife around here or online. Um, and if you go to eBay and you're buying Damascus folded steel or Damascus knives, you're buying their product. I mean, they are making for some of the they're making knives for the top companies because they are so good. And it takes you know years. And Norm's been doing it for 50 years. So and now it's passed on to his son. And that's one of the things I love about it. Here's a a really tough business to be in that they have perfected. And now they're pass- he's passing it down to his generation, his next generation, and I think it'll stay in the family because they've had companies try to buy them, and and they could have sold out, and that all that that craftsmanship and knowledge would have would have been gone. But they gave me the chance to kind of put some hands on in there and and start to finish, make my own Damascus hunting knife, and they do a lot of the work for me because I didn't want to goof it up. But holy cow! By the time I, we were done, and you'll see at the end, the knife that we make that day is stunning with a custom burl wood handle down to where they pull out kind of some rice papery stuff out of a book that is so thin, and then this guy just shaves it like, like it was hair, fine noodle hair coming off of there. The knife is so sharp. So I think people will enjoy this because you get to see raw steel, go through the process, which I don't think most people realize. And I love the show you're talking about. I, you know, and you notice, Steve, some of those guys, when they forge their, they forge their weapon, if they do it wrong, when they, when they strike another weapon, it just shatters and yep, breaks. Yep. And what they teach you on our show, to, what we'll teach you tonight on our show, is how they've gone through this process of refining the steel and rehardening it to a point where it is super hard, yet it will not break or shatter. So if you're, pry, say you're skinning an elk and you're, you're in there trying to pry through something, a piece of bone, to really put something behind it and no fear of that metal being brittle. It'll just, it, it stands the test of time. So I hope I do justice tonight on the show showing really what goes into this, but it's a fun one, Steve, because it's just another hidden gem right in our backyard of Western ingenuity and outdoor craftsmanship that we've got right here in this, you know, the Western United States where we're doing something that people, they go buy it across the sea and it's not nearly what it is right here in our backyard. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's tonight, 11.05 on KUTV Channel 2, right after talking sports. Folks, it's worth tuning in just to watch Gary playing with sharp objects. Somebody let, <laughs> somebody let him do that. So, GW, we'll uh, check it out tonight. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Awesome. Be good, Steve Okaneva. We'll see you. All right. Gary Winterton hooked on Utah tonight, 11.05, right after talking sports on KUTV. We'll be back. Our final segment is coming up in just a moment on Inside the Outdoors. And we are back, everybody. Final segment inside the outdoors on this Saturday morning uh, with Michael Swenson, our guest co-host, who is... uh, 
not only looking like half the man he used to be, but uh, he's going to keep us informed on everything that's going on, especially in our public lands uh, theater. And that's kind of where we've been today. We started out with the discussion with what's going on down in uh, in Beaver and Iron Counties with sewer trying to stop the ability to uh, just to fulfill the five-year uh, permit. permit that has been given by the BLM for multiple jamborees down there for ATVs. And, of course, that's the immediate call to arms as far as uh, SUA and like-minded organizations are concerned. Uh, but it's more than that. They have got to be kind of reeling from what's happened over the last couple of weeks at the BLM. Uh, the Trump administration living up to their promises to us, and that is to put some people in charge who understand what they're dealing with. It started with Zinke. Ryan Zinke is the uh, uh, Interior Secretary, a guy who was from the West, who understands the issues on a personal plane, not on something he read in the New York Times, uh, and not on something that he's trying to extrapolate from what goes on in Central Park uh, as to what might happen in Wyoming, uh, but somebody who's lived it. And we're getting the same thing now at the top with BLM. We are. Well, let me just interject quickly, too. Uh, in May, we had Karen Bud Fallon out of Wyoming be listed as Assistant Secretary for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. And if you're, you know, in this, if you're a sportsman, you're in a hunting and fishing and conservation of that sort. If you're into cattle grazing on public lands, if you believe in those things are a multiple or appropriate use of, of our lands, Karen's a great person to have in the Fish and Wildlife Service, and she's very fair, and she's got a lot of experience. So their heads blew up in May. And then... <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, you know, Perry Pendley, William Perry Pendley, is announced as assistant secretary, assistant director of BLM uh, over pro- programs and policy. And just a couple of days ago, was announced that he will now be the assistant or acting director of BLM. We don't have a, we haven't had a, a regular director. It's just been an appointment by the Secretary of Interior uh, so far in the Trump administration. But, but Perry, uh, I've known Perry for years. An organization I used to run, USA All. He was an attorney that we used on a number of issues. I know that he has been the attorney on file for Kane County and working with some of the folks on the Bears Ears Monument. So he has a ton of experience and was uh, under the Bush uh, administration in, in the Department of Interior. So he has a lot of uh, experience in the agencies and in the departments, as well as in the private sector, and he's from Southern Colorado, so he kind of, he, he really- He gets it. He gets it. Uh, he's been here to Utah, spoke at some of the Take Back Utah rallies, and that's why Sua's head is exploding, is this is a guy that believes fully that local control is better, believes strongly and passionately that state and county government should have a more meaningful role in the management of public lands. And you see that as evidence uh, uh, two weeks ago, we also see the BLM is moving their main offices, if you will, to Grand Junction. There still will be people in Washington, DC, excuse me. And we've been told that we will also have some of those senior staff move to Salt Lake City and Denver as well. So they're spreading the agency around mostly in the Western US. I mean, imagine that. Imagine wanting to be- Geez, there's a novel concept. Yeah, what a crazy idea, right? That you'd be next to the land that you might manage and the people that are most most impacted. I mean, I, I understand it's America's public land, but when it is literally, and I mean literally in your backyard, that should matter. That should count for something. So it's nice to have them here. But yeah, that's that's the hu- that's a huge announcement for the western for the western states. So where does this go? I mean, I guess it depends on what happens in 2020, because if 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 2020 goes back to the Democrats and the White House goes to the Democrats, uh, it won't take long to undo what has been 
accomplished over the last couple of years. No, and that's a big fear I have. A lot of folks out there have, uh, you know, felt, hey, this is great. The Trump administration's making some positive changes. We're seeming to have better access to public land. It seems that oil and gas is able to get some permits through, which, by the way, if you like to drive a car, actually does matter to you. <laughs> uh, I, I re- recognizing that there are issues anytime you extract yeah, resources. And if you like an electric car, it still matters to you. Isn't, because, that, isn't that the truth? Because the electricity, contrary to what the, yeah. the sewer folks we, of the world, it doesn't come from the wall. We should go tell all the kids driving the green scooters downtown that that's yeah. fossil fuel running out of electric right. scooters, right? Yeah, I know. So you're correct. But um, there's been a lot of great things happening in the Trump administration as it pertains to public lands. And everybody kind of sits back and says everything's good. And we've made we've made a little bit of progress, but really not as much as we frankly should have. And as soon as we get, and it's not a matter of if, but when, we get a Democrat president, a change in the administration, hopefully we get you know four more years of a, a, a President Trump. But if we don't, then that's going to get rolled back in a heartbeat. I mean, in a heartbeat. And that, that will be really devastating. So now it's like it's like if we're playing football, we're playing against the third string. Or the, the, the other team's got their third string people in. Let's run that ball. Let's, let's run and get as many points on the board as we can because they're going to come back and score a few more on us. But we just aren't seem to we just really aren't doing it right now, and that's killing me. Yeah, if you saw if you saw the uh, the circus on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this past week, um, yeah, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it, it's amazing to me um, that you know, we can get twenty people in the same room uh, in the same city at one time and give them the forum. To spew that kind of ridiculous it, it, concept. It, it's a divided America we have It truly right now. is. And I got to tell you, um, and I understand it. I see it on both sides, but I, I'd be willing to bet money that if any of those folks back east who think they'd like to see the West shut down and that we're out here you know, pillaging and plundering the land, if they'd give me one day, one day, I'd change their mind in a heartbeat. Because the, when you get out on the ground and you see what's really happening and you understand the vastness of what we're dealing with, it changes everything, but the the, the SUA groups and, th- and folks like them prey on the, you know, ignorance might be a strong word, but just the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding and context that people, even in Salt Lake City. Well, it's done. It's done because of emotion. It's, it is emotional. It's, it's a it's an I feel yeah. issue. Everything these days is an I feel issue. It doesn't really matter what the facts are. As long as you feel that the earth is flat, then chances are you might fall off. It. It, 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 Steve, if you had not, if you're not, if you weren't a guy that loved to get out and fish and, and ride your ATV and so forth, and someone came to you and said, look, a guy's just been put, put in charge of the agency that's going to handle these public lands and he's going to sell them all to China, you'd flip out. Absolutely. You'd donate money to stop that. And I would too. But the fact is, that is a lie. That isn't happening. That's not who William Perry Pendley is. That's not who these folks in these agencies are. So they, they prey on that. And that is a huge problem, folks. You know, if they did, I wish I wished everybody listened to your show and then we wouldn't have that issue. That's what we need is more listeners of this show and a few others, right? And the world's problems would be much easier to deal with. It's one of those things, though, and it truly is an issue of morality, in my mind, as far as misleading the public and purposefully doing it. They want to rail against big business. They want to rail against multinational corporations. They want to rail against pharma. They want to rail against the oil and gas industry because, as they claim, the only thing they care about is money, our finances. Well, let me tell you something, folks, and, you know, I don't think anybody listening to this show is going to be surprised, but the entire the entire operation for people like SUA is based on finances. They want to continue to do what they do for a living, and they want you to pay for it, and they want that financed on lies. 
because the truth is not going to elicit the kind of money that it takes to do the kind of things that they do, the frivolous lawsuits, the the bussing people in supposedly for public hearings that all these people are just so uh, upset at what's going on naturally that they come to a place um, like when the secretary came, Sally Jewell came in and held the meeting in in Bluff. Those people didn't find Bluff accidentally. They were paid and put on buses. They were bussed in. I watched it happen. And put up in hotels to come and make that spectacle look like a public hearing. That's precisely right. And you know, in our first segment, Mark talked about EJ, and that's true. Uh, these in, these groups like SUA can file these lawsuits, and they do. They throw it's like spaghetti on a wall, and let's just see what noodle sticks. The fact is, though, they know that if they can get one noodle to stick, they can work on a settlement agreement with the federal government. And under EJ, if they settle under certain conditions, which usually apply, they can then go back after that settlement and say, "Now you get to pay our attorney fees." And that's a, I mean, there's a, there's a purpose for EJ, and it, it, unfortunately, it's like so many other things, including the wilderness. Act, it's been totally distorted and abused and doesn't accomplish what it was originally intended to accomplish, you know, to protect access to judgment or to be able to file suit against the federal government. But these environmental groups have exploited it. So they're they're extracting money from, you know, their donors. Then when we file a lawsuit, they're they're we're paying to defend the federal government or the county or state or whoever. We're paying money on that side. And then when they get a settlement in, in the form of an EJA payment, then we pay that too. The taxpayers are getting dinged you know, two, three, four different times on this. And it is a massive problem. So folks, when we say it's great for Perry Penley to become the uh, acting director of BLM and the more control we can give to state and local government, the better. It's not because it makes it easier to get rid of land. It's because some of those things such as EJA, such as NEPA, things that cause us problems, we can deal with and manage better, more efficiently. It saves money. And frankly, it protects the environment. We would not have half those forests burned down if the state of Utah had been the manager of those lands 30, 40 years ago. It just wouldn't be the case that it is today. They've failed us. They've just utterly failed us. And we need to be involved, folks. That's the that's the message. If if you're looking for the common denominator here, it's the fact that we have abdicated because we've we just have. enjoyed our land. We yep. have we have used public land for what it was set aside for for recreation and for enjoyment. What we have done is we've turned a blind eye and a deaf ear to some extent, maybe not purposefully, no. but we've done it to these squeaky wheel groups that you know the alphabet soups, and all they want to do is stir the pot. The the only way this works, the only way this experiment of our country works, and it still is an experiment, is for the citizens, the folks listening and and the folks they talk to around the campfires and at family reunions, is to educate them. They have to listen. They have to understand. And, and I know you don't have time to learn about everything. I get that. But I would just encourage people to be a little skeptical of things they hear, including for me. Look into what the things, what, if I say something on the, on the air, look it up. Research it for yourself. But if the citizenry will become educated on these issues, especially as they pertain to public lands in the West, because that's like a major deal for us who live here, they'll quickly realize that the environmental movement has some has a few good things. I'm not, I, I wouldn't want them to completely go away, but they do an awful lot of damage, including to the environment. Yeah. Well, on that note, Michael, thanks for being here. Uh, it's been a great it. hour. We appreciate it. Thanks to Mark for joining us. Um, 
Well, I tell you, Beaver County is going to have a battle. So if you can support yeah. them, like you said, stop in there, spend your money. If you're on your way home from anything on I-15, uh, stop in a Beaver, spend a little money, uh, just you know, buy your gas, get your lunch, stop Some in at the stop in the Dairy Queen there or whatever the, the you know. Dairy Queen Timberline yeah, restaurant, absolutely That's good stuff. Great desserts at the Dairy Queen. Gotta yes, love sir. that. Uh, but definitely help them out because uh, it's going to require all of us that care to That's get right. something done to fight the juggernaut. And they are, believe me, they are a juggernaut. They may have been cowed a little bit over the last couple of years, but uh, boy, wait till they get back in power again. And if they do soon, look out, we're all in trouble. Yep. That's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next Saturday morning between 8 and 9 right here on 97.5 The Zone. Uh, again, that's it for Inside the Outdoors. And uh, and we will uh, talk to you soon. So, Michael, uh, thanks. Look forward to having you here on a more regular basis. We'll Okay, take care, folks. Have a great day. Get outdoors. Get Enjoy out yourself. Use our public lands. And as always, knowing we'll be along next week, you certainly have been warned.